Well, there's a company that makes M&M's, Snickers, and Twix start preparing for Halloween two years in advance. Meanwhile, the company that makes Necco wafers made one batch 50 years ago and has been selling them ever since. The weird candy that is the Necco wafer. Does that still exist? They taste like not good chalk. I mean, not like the yummy kind of I don't of know chalk. what I'm, we're talking about here. Are those <clears> the <throat> things where you get a package and there'd be pink, brown, and... No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And they're like uh, roughly the size of a quarter or something, and they're just dry and chalky. No, those are Necco wafers. That's what we're talking about. No, right? Nilla wafers is what he was. He, that's no, I mean, no. he may have been referring to something else, but he says clearly the judges can review the tape, and and it is Nilla wafers is what he said. I saw that the company that makes M and M's, Snickers, and Twix starts preparing for Halloween two years in advance. Meanwhile, the company that makes Necco wafers. I'm an idiot. <laughs> that should go into clips of the week. Send your. <laughs> Angry, sarcastic, critical of Sean emails to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Now I know what I'll be doing this weekend. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. So, Elizabeth Warren released her... When will you question me again? (laughs) Never. There we go. (laughs) We have an understanding. Maybe Monday. So, Elizabeth Warren released her uh, Medicare, Medicare for All plan. Hooray! Um, and what it will cost. And a lot! <laughs> uh, yeah, gazillions of dollars and lots of taxes, but not for the middle class. Um, and I'm surprised none of the candidates have responded at all. They're, they're not good at running for president. She's in the lead. When, she, when the person in the lead unleashes their signature program, and you knew you were gonna do, they were, she was going to do this. This has been telegraphed for weeks. Right. Have a response ready immediately. It's astonishing to me that that it's not out there. I I don't think it's out there. How is there not a tweet from Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever immediately attacking you? You get to own the narrative. You can describe it, and and if enough people hear it quickly enough, your description will be the starting point of the negotiation or the uh, the, the conversation. Yeah, there's so many bad candidates. Anyway, we'll get into more uh, details on that later, maybe. Or maybe not, I don't know. Also to come, a phrase that will make... Both men, women, and non-binary folks cringe. Nipple injections. And getting them willingly. That made me cringe. We oh, opt out of that. Barbaric! As predicted. I will do almost anything to avoid that happening. I don't even um, want to think about it. What's the long and short of Twitter's current policy on... Uh, politics and stuff. Ain't going to run no ads. No ads at all. No political ads at all. Whether true, false, well, or anything. Not, uh, they won't allow them to be promoted, to be to be paid for, paid political yeah, ads. So political people can tweet out on their accounts all the messages they want, whether they be sure. true or false. But you can't buy po- a political ad. You cannot buy political ads that are promoting a candidate or an issue, okay. but they will be running ads for things like get out and vote. Facebook is leaning toward you can buy political ads... And then, uh, uh, so like Elizabeth Warren tried to make the point a couple of weeks ago when she bought an ad that was full of things that were, you know, ridiculous, mm-hmm. that, look, why is this still up? So that's two different approaches. Kind of interesting that Twitter and Facebook are taking there. It's almost like Facebook is uh, shameless greed heads. Well, or you believe that they should just be able to put anything out there, I guess. He made the point. Because I'm not, you know, I don't know. During the, uh, the, his latest cross-examining in front of Congress, that the political ads for Facebook are around 1% of their revenue. And that in, from a financial standpoint, they're not worth the headaches that they give. So he's making the argument that yeah, this I, is more of a philosophical yeah, I, I hate Zuck, I hate Zuckerberg and I hate Facebook, but I, yeah, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's a philosophical idea more than a just 
It's the best way to make money. But anyway, Aaron Sorkin, an open letter to Mark Zuckerberg in the New York Times, which is getting a lot of attention. Facebook isn't defending free speech. It's assaulting truth. This is Aaron Sorkin's view of it. Mark, in 2010, I wrote The Social Network, and I know you wish I hadn't. I never saw The Social Network. That, uh, it's not kind me, me to, to Zuckerberg. It's, it's not a fair portrayal of him. It, it makes uh, according it... to Aaron Sorkin, it is. I'll, I'll read uh, more from this. From Zuckerberg's perspective, I, well, I, I think Zuckerberg's imagine. wrong, according to this. In 2010, I wrote The Social Network, and I know you wish I hadn't. You protested that the film was inaccurate and that Hollywood didn't understand that some people build things just for the sake of building them. We do understand that. We do it every day. I didn't push back on your public accusation that the movie was a lie because I'd had my say in the theaters, but you and I both know that the screenplay was vetted to within an inch of its life by a team of studio lawyers with one client and one goal. Don't get sued by Mark Zuckerberg. Hmm. It was hard not to feel the irony while I was reading your excerpts from your recent speech at Georgetown in which you defended on free speech grounds Facebook's practice of posting demonstrably false ads from political candidates. I think Sorkin is making a weird leap here between two different things. Uh, I admire your deep belief in free speech. I get a lot of use out of of the First Amendment. Most important, it's a bedrock of our democracy and it needs to be kept strong. I guess if he's making the argument that I made a for-profit movie full of lies, and you think that's wrong, but you're running lies that you know are lies for profit. <laughs> I guess that's what he's, he's arguing. Yeah, about. okay. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit down here because I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, don't say Larry Flint. Not even Larry Flint would say Larry Flint. That'd be the argument of the free speech argument of uh, pornography and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Flint was a, a, porno, a pornographer? Mm-hmm. Is that what you mm-hmm. call somebody who does porn, porn, right, porn who goes to uh, pornography school, becomes a pornographist? This isn't the same as pornography, which people don't rely upon for information. Last year, over 40% of Americans said they got news from Facebook. Of course, the problem could be solved by those people going to a different news source, or you could decide to make Facebook a reliable source of public information. I don't know how he would possibly do that. The tagline on the artwork for the social network read in 2010, you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. That number sounds quaint nine years later because one-third of the planet uses your website now. But right now, on your website is an ad claiming that Joe Biden gave the Ukrainian attorney general a billion dollars not to investigate his son. Every square inch of that is a lie, and it's under your logo. That's not defending free speech, Mark. That's assaulting truth. You and I want speech protection to make sure no one gets imprisoned or killed for saying or writing something unpopular, not to ensure that lies get spread around America. There's another example of some of the lies that are on there, which I really enjoyed. Um, I wonder who buys these ads. I'll bet they get the bit. I bet they're getting pretty decent mileage for their lies. Um, blah 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 blah. How oh, among a certain constituency? Yeah, you have multiple messages, and uh, the wackadoo messages for wackadoos. I'll read this. I just, mean, on all sides. I'll read this just because I think this is interesting behind the scenes on that. Facebook movie that he made. After we'd shot the movie, we arranged a private screening of an early cut for your chief operating office officer, Cheryl Sandberg. Man, they really did go above and beyond. So they had all the lawyers look at it. They gave, they sent the script to Facebook. Then they had a screening of the movie before it aired for Facebook uh, employees at a high level. Wow. To see if they had any problems. with. Well, they're really worried by getting sued, probably, mm-hmm. yeah. by one of the richest guys in the world huh. who can really bring a team of lawyers at you. But anyway, after we'd shot the movie, we arranged a private screening of an early cut for your COO, Cheryl Sandberg. Ms. Sandberg stood up in the middle of the screening, turned the producers in the back of the room and said, how can you do this to a kid? You were 26 years old at the time, but all right, I get it. But isn't that something I found that it's kind of an aside here, but I found that very dramatic. That's astounding. Isn't it? To a kid. How can you do this to a 
He's one of the richest adults on planet Earth. He's one of the most powerful people in the history of the world in terms of controlling information. Yeah. And you're going to the, how can you do this to, to a kid argument? How dare you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I hope your COO well, walks... They really do live in fairyland. Untethered to reality. Oh, well, go on, sorry. I hope your COO walks into your office, leans in, as she, as she suggested we do in her best-selling book, and says... How can we do this to tens of millions of kids? Are we really going to run an ad that claims, and I didn't know this was on there, Kamala Harris ran dog fights out of the basement of a pizza place? Oh, everybody knows that. She did, huh? Yeah. Was she like the referee, or did she own dogs? Well, she's the promoter. I mean, she's the, the promoter. Oh, yeah, she ran it all. Huh. She got a piece of all the, yeah. I, she, okay. She's yeah, not a participant. Exactly. But, oh, no. She no, didn't no, train no. dogs. Right. Okay. No, she was like, uh, you know, Jerry Jones owns the stadium yeah. and the team. Also, you have an ad that says Elizabeth Warren destroyed evidence that climate change is a hoax. Why did she do that? Well, to promote her narrative, I guess. Did you hear that? Elizabeth Warren destroyed evidence that climate change is a hoax. Now, no, I done something illegal by saying that, even though I don't think that's good. How, how would you go about doing that? And you have an ad that says the deep state sold meth to the Rashida Tlaib and Colin Kaepernick. What was the point of that? I, I'm not moved by these fake ads. I'm confused know, by them. I know. I know. What would you like me to do now? Call the police or hire Colin Kaepernick as my backup quarterback or I'm I'm confused. Um, well, who who would Wait a minute. So who is that impugning? Well, it's impugning the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy is the term I prefer. On which which of these stories? Just because I don't I don't think it's a good look for Kamala Harris to run dog fights. Oh no, it's, it's probably I can't believe she did. Probably impugns her as a decent oh, human being. I don't think she can get elected <laughs> having run all those dog fights. But well, out of uh, a pizza place so, well, of all places. No kidding. An Holy God! An emporium <laughs> dedicated to churning out delicious, delicious pizza pies. I bring my kids here to. Enjoy pizza, and you have dog fights in the basement. How dare you! And now she's running for president. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> so, um, but so the Rashida Tlaib, the deep state. All right, if if the deep state did something, that's designed for Trump fans, right? But the deep state sold meth to Rashida Tlaib. Oh, I guess and Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick. To do to make them look bad or to make but they're both liberals. Yeah, I'm confused by your well, propaganda. Well, who is this supposed to help? That's our question. It's supposed to help Republicans. So you are if if Trump fans already don't like Colin Kaepernick, you tie them to this. And again, these are not. I think who you ask who's buying these? These are most likely being populated by Russian troll farms, yeah. and their their goal is to only get these things spread and reshared. And, mm. and oh, I get that. Um, but yeah, these these are designed to hurt the Democratic people. It, again, it seems just like a, confusing. It seems like a, a Scrabble tile bag thrown out, and it's <laughs> just magically. All right, we got Rashida Tlaib and the deep state right. and Kaepernick. <laughs> it's a, uh, exactly. It's the random uh, conspiracy generator. Yeah. Yeah, I really only brought this article up to get into those various conspiracies that I thought were kind of funny that people were putting out oh, there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, uh, the the policing of it, the, I guess... Mix the, a little Ukraine in there and you got a winner. <laughs> so I guess the problem is that if you start at all, even the stuff that's ridiculous, once you start, kind of like the thing we were talking about the other day on nudity and nipples and breastfeeding on Facebook, just then, then we, where the line keeps getting more and more complicated, 
And people claim that's not the truth. That's an outright lie. You say, well, no, it's not statistically. And you're, ah, it just becomes a mess really fast. Well, and every attempt to do it has been done terribly. Right. So I, I, Facebook doesn't have any choice. I don't think Twitter has any choice Don't is, is to just let this stuff go. I don't see how else you deal with it. Do you? Uh, it would be much funnier if they let it go, which is my real interest in this thing. I mean, Aaron Sorkin <laughs> saying... That's my dog in Kamala Harris's fight. Most people... <laughs> Most people don't have the resources to employ a battalion of fact-checkers. I didn't have to employ yes, a I do. battalion Wait, no, I of fact-checkers <laughs> to figure out whether or not Kamala Harris was running dog fights out of a pizza joint and thinking only that ad has the information nobody else has it anywhere else. How many people in a battalion? Mm. Hundreds, I think. Yeah, it's 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 several, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't afford that. They're right. They're trying. I actually read an article and saw a chart on this. Uh, it's difficult to communicate on the radio, but they're trying to explain how they design the algorithms for figuring out. It's about 800 people. No, I cannot afford a battalion of fact checkers. We've established that. Um, but they're, they're trying to have keywords and phrases and all and help the computer understand what's hate speech and what's not or what's, uh, you know, a lie and what's not. And it's, it's doomed. It is doomed. It will be. A hilarious series of missteps. Language is too nuanced to have algorithms do it, and the scale is too big to have humans do it. Right, right. We need to use different colored highlighters so future historians will understand what is sarcastic and what is not. What's it cost to buy an ad on Facebook? I want to come up with a crazy scenario. And oh, put let's it up do there. it. <laughs> just oh, let's really do it. Of course, it's hard to be more over to the top than what the Russians are coming up with. And I love that part about the COO of Facebook saying, how can you do this to a child? To the Aaron Sorkin crew on the movie. What are you talking about? That is <laughs> so precious. You have stolen my dreams. You have precious. stolen Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> dreams and his childhood with your movie. How dare you? How dare you? Please. Fantastic. Shut up and keep making billions of dollars. Coming up, brace yourselves, nipple injections. Oh, and why? Said it and again. Why? Oh, yeah. Quit saying that. Here it comes. Armstrong and Getty. Try to do that, but it is not that funky. Every element has to be right. You to can't get a groove that solid. You can't hold your body still to that song. No, no, it's spectacular. Yeah. It's almost like a drug. It unleashes chemicals in your head. I give credit to the horn section. It's all about Lionel Richie, man. For a uh, doughy white guy, man, I loved the '70s funk. Loved it all. Oh. Earth, wind, and fire. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah. Could, they they were, could do that too. Funky. <laughs> there are thirty of them. Um, but the Parliament Funkadelic and all that stuff, man. George Clinton just loved it. Anyway, uh, from the crumbling civilization department comes uh, the following story. 
about young women who in increasing numbers are, are, are they desire to have a certain look popularized by in particular uh, a couple of the Kardashian slash Jenners uh, but also a, a number of uh, a number of other celebs and we do not nearly have time to play this for you but we'll play the beginning of it uh, perhaps you'll want to get in on this fashion trend I love Kendall Jenner, and I love that she just doesn't wear a bra, and like she still, you can't see her nipples, but you can see the pointiness. And I think there's something really sexy and feminine about it. We see uh, celebrities wearing with uh, the sheer tops and the sheer dresses, which exposes their nipple. Kind of just uh, follows through to our patients. They see our, the celebrities wearing the sheer dresses, and they would like to. Uh, emulate and mimic that type of clothing and they want their nipples to and the areola to be presentable. My nipples never get hard. I think it would be really cool to just have protruding nipples all the time. All right, there you go. So what? If you want that, that gent you heard will stick needles in your nipples and make them protrude with collagen fillers, etc. Wow. Or you could learn to play an instrument or, or just anything volunteer in the era in the era of feminism and not being judged for this or that people are getting injections into their nipples perma high beams that's awesome i know i know oh well we had a good run (laughs) uh you gonna touch on elizabeth's health care plan marshall i am indeed we'll have some of that coming up yeah the details are interesting and then we're gonna talk to lon he chen about it too so stay tuned armstrong and getty and popcorn balls. I was just talking to a co-worker when I was a kid. You get a fair number of homemade treats at Halloween. Mm-hmm. Brownies, caramel apples, which are awesome. Oh, the, 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 the Rice Krispie treat, oh. which is the crown oh, yeah. of civilization in my mind. Now, I grew up in rural Midwest, so it was probably, you know, hung around there longer than a lot of other places. But I'd always get, you know, maybe a third to a half of my treats would be homemade. Um, and then the, the candy-wrapped candy, you know, from the store was always kind of its own unique thing, but now, mm. my kids would <laughs> have an odd look if you brought out a tray of brownies, I think. <laughs> Homemade cookies, yeah. yeah. Boy, I'm powerless in the face of a pan of uh, Rice Krispie treats. I mean, I was mocking you guys for eating candy earlier, but oh, please, I could I, I could get instant obesity. Just keep them coming. Keep them, I'll tell you what I'm full. Do you ever make them? No. Never. You should learn how to make them. No, I you shouldn't. Have a I should learn how to cook up meth, too, for, you know, those days when I'm feeling sluggish. <laughs> so the first candidate has come out with a negative comment, a negative comment about Elizabeth Warren's health care plan, and it is Michael Bennett. So his war room <laughs> was the first to jump on it. But so far, no Biden, no nobody no. else has said anything? No. Nope. Yeah, these people suck at their jobs. Sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. We're going to ask Lon He Chen, one of our favorite political advisors, about that coming up. How do they not respond to this immediately? But anyway. Oh, you know, oh, oh wait, just real quick. Um, and, uh, Zuckerberg's response to Sorkin. I oh, just I came across. I haven't seen that. It's pretty good. Cool. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show News Now with Marsha Phillips. Well, what was Jack was referencing is Elizabeth Warren has come out. She's outlining her Medicare for All plan, which her campaign says 
will cost just under $52 trillion over 10 years. And more than double the size and expense of the American government, if you can conceive of that. And you can't. And Warren is also vowing the middle class will not see a tax hike to pay for it. She says it would be largely financed through trillions of dollars in new taxes on the wealthiest Americans and corporations. $20 trillion in taxes on employers... That's not going to get passed along to the middle class? Oh, no, absolutely not. In, in reduced wages and higher prices? No, no. Financial firms, giant corporations. You know what happens when you tax a giant corporation? They say, oh, crap. I guess there goes some of our profit, but we're going to charge exactly the same amount for whatever we sell to people. No, that's not And again, not what we're going to pay every dime of wages we're paying now because we're not going to cut those. The Urban Institute, which I'm not familiar with, but as I looked it up, they are a left-leaning organization. They claim, they, they calculated that health care spending would rise to $52 trillion over the decade, um, which is a lot of money. And they say that the, the offset that she is claiming in the cost of providing health care versus savings does not work. And again, that's a left-leading uh, outfit. But how have none of her opponents, she's in first place, responded? That's the sort of thing you have ready to go. You've, you've thought about it a, a week ago. Like when they accidentally release an obituary before someone's dead. It's already written. And, and that way, not only do you have a response to her, her health care plan, but you get into the news story. So when right. CBS News says this morning, Elizabeth Warren has released her health care plan, will cost $52 trillion. Uh, Senator... Whoever says, Cory Booker says, that won't work. Or Joe Biden responded with that kind of cost. You know, but nothing. Right. Her opponent's got nothing. How weak is that? Democrats swept a rules package uh, for their impeachment probe of President Trump through a divided House by a 232 to 196 vote yesterday. Lawmakers approving the procedures are going to follow as weeks of those closed-door interviews with witnesses evolve into public committee hearings. After the vote, House members dashed for the cameras. Representative Adam Schiff, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, striking a sober note after the vote. This is a solemn day in the history of our country when the president's misconduct has compelled us to continue to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. Minority. You know how you can tell the tail is wagging the dog is his very verbiage, an impeachment inquiry. They're not holding hearings to find out what went on. Mm-hmm. What happened? Who did what? What's, 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 what's all this then, as they say in old British cop movies? Uh, it is trying to get enough stuff to impeach Trump, which has been the intent since before the election. And I tell you, the one thing that's really doomed Adam Sh- well, maybe not doomed, but... Uh, hurt Adam Schiff and company in getting the American people to go along. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Well, it's the thinness of his neck, yes. But also, the fact that you've been talking about impeaching Trump from before he was inaugurated. You did the two years of the Russian hoax thing, and now you're telling us, oh, now now, now we're impeaching him for this. I'm not sure we're going to see that number get any higher than it is right now, the poll of who's in favor of it. So Trump has tweeted, stock market up big, record highs for the S&P 500 and NASDAQ. That is not making the news. I know that because I heard it from the president himself. The news does not right. cover record stock market highs. Now, you got to tell me that's not some uh, some bias in what stories you cover and what you don't. Of course. Meanwhile, minority... If you had a Democratic president being impeached and the stock market right. was hitting record, record highs multiple times per week, people would be saying, 
I don't think the American people are going to want to impeach a president when you're saying records on Wall Street. With the economy riding right. as high as it is. But nobody is saying that. Meanwhile, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, backed by a large contingent of House Republicans, said yesterday... There's nothing the president did to be impeached. It's simply based upon election. That was in 2016 that it would not accept. Speaker of the House... <laughs> Is he an English as a second language student? <laughs> Speaker, Do they the, spring these speaking engagements on him at random? Does he not know <laughs> that cameras are going to be recording his words? And He seems hey. woefully underprepared. Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, winding up her day on the Stephen Colbert show, telling him this is a sad time for the nation and huh. impeachment was not her preference. She is just doing her duty. So if you want to go into the arena, you have to be prepared to take a punch. But you also have to be prepared to throw a punch for the children. For the children. <laughs> throw a punch for the, the children. children. It's like our old motto, punch violence in the face. <laughs> yes, throw a punch for the children. Hiya! <laughs> Hiya! All right, my friends, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky, squawky, wake up. So uh, we'll talk a little politics with Lon Hee Chan, who's a good dude. I want to get to Mark Zuckerberg's reply to Aaron Sorkin, uh, but we don't have time because I want to talk to Lon Hee. But what would you what would you characterize Sorkin's main argument as? You're not protecting free speech by allowing stupid lying ads on Facebook. Mark, you're perverting it, and you need a crackdown. And particularly, he takes the angle of uh, Zuckerberg was so unhappy with that movie about Facebook and claiming you were you know, putting lies out there unfairly. Right. And Sorkin saying, well, you're doing the same thing on Facebook every single day. Well, Zuckerberg replied with a long quote from The American President, the movie written by Aaron Sorkin, which is all about the animated and, and, and you know, split-knuckled battle for, for liberty. And you have to allow stuff you hate. If you love the flag, you have to allow it to be burned. If you want free speech, you've got to tolerate the guy standing on stage at the top of his lungs saying things you'd spend a lifetime opposing. If you're going to be an American, you have to put up with that. That's pretty good. That's yeah, a pretty good response. That is a pretty good response. Much as I hate Zuckerberg, huh? well played. <laughs> the Saturday Night Live version of, of Zuckerberg. Huh? <laughs> Senator, I'll have my people come up with a quote from Aaron Sorkin and get back to you. Exactly. Senator. Uh, Lon Hee Chen on the politics of the day next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a potentially game-changing employment report. We had pretty good data that the jobs market was slowing, and we're pretty darn sure it was slowing. Mm -hmm. The um, Labor Department comes forward and says, no, you had that nearly completely wrong. Wow, who's that from? Uh, that was from a CNBC, uh, CNBC reporter that I was not familiar with. Saying the jobs report out today could uh, potentially game-changing, and then it shows no, no, the job market is not slowing. The NASDAQ and S&P, multiple records this week. Mm. So there's one angle of politics we could talk about with Lonnie Chen if we wanted to. There's a new poll out in Iowa in which 
Elizabeth and Bernie and uh, and Peter at the top, and then Biden's in fourth in this poll. Yeah, like, it's all real close. Lon E. J. Chen is a David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, a quaint little community college in Northern California. And Lon He Chen joins us now. <laughs> How are you, Lon He? Good Friday morning to you. It's always a pleasure. You've worked on campaigns. It's shocking to me that Elizabeth Warren finally announces her big Medicare for All plan. This is her signature plan. She's in first place in Iowa and the national polls. It's her signature plan. Everybody knew it was coming for weeks. She announced it several hours ago, and none of the first-tier candidates had a response. How do you explain that? I thought they would have something to tweet out immediately. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of political malpractice. You're absolutely right. There's a there's a practice in politics called bracketing, which is basically the idea that you know someone else is going to do something, so you figure out some way to spoil their announcement, right? So Sounds like a great idea. Source. Yeah, they're going to announce an endorsement of some politician. You have another endorsement ready to go. You know, they're going to announce a plan. You have some, you know, horrible study about their plan to dump on them. I, it's amazing <laughs> that they haven't done it. Your but, friend is about listen. to announce she's engaged. You announce you're dying. That's the way they do it. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, but it's hard to respond. Maybe in some ways people are just amazed at the audacity of Elizabeth Warren saying she's got a $52 trillion plan and it won't increase taxes one penny on the middle class. Give me a break. Does anybody actually believe no, that? No, no, no. She's, she's raising taxes on corporations and employers, not on the middle oh, class. Right. Right. Sorry, I forgot. She's raising taxes on the people who create the jobs for the middle class. I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that what employers were going to do was pass that through in the form of lower wages on people. So in other words, they're going to get taxed more. You're going to make less. Congratulations, Elizabeth. But how does Joe Ridiculous. Biden not have that message out or somebody out already attacking her plan? Yeah, I mean, my, my guess is that they're trying to handle this delicately, right, because they know that there are a lot of progressive voters in the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primaries who love Medicare for all. They think it's a great idea, and so they have to tread carefully. Gotcha. How do they attack her and her craziness? They have a lot of voters who will believe every, any of the idea. Right, exactly. Yeah, how, how, how do they do it with you know without attacking the policy that so many people like? So the only way you could do it is say... That will I I believe in free health care for everyone illegals everyone nobody works whatever you get free health care but here's the way I would do it but y- yeah you can't attack the the notion of free health care because it's so popular that's interesting yeah or you or you say look you know her 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 plan will will not realistically provide what she says it's going to provide a because it costs fifty two trillion dollars I just I still can't get over that number guys fifty two trillion dollars I mean let's just just pause on that for a moment. So you could attack that, or you could say, look, you know, her plan is not going to provide what she says it's going to provide, and the reason why is because it's going to end up in whatever the, the parade of horribles is, right? Uh, lost jobs, less income for people, doctors are going to flee the system. I mean, all these things are things to talk about, but you have to tread very carefully. How interesting, yeah, the nature of po- uh, populist politics. Uh, speaking of populism, a uh, a question about the impeachment thing. Polls show Americans about divided on whether Trump should be impeached and removed. And uh, I've been talking about those poll numbers being the real jury um, that might sway some Republicans in the Senate if the numbers get high enough. But what are the real dynamics at play? Because it's not whether Adam Schiff makes some stirring pronouncement. It's what is it? Is it we the people? 
Yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing with impeachment has always been that you you sort of know at core that Donald Trump has probably done something that is not right. He's probably done something that is objectionable. But a lot of people sort of stop and say, well, hold on a second. Is it worth removing him from office because he did all these things? I think that's the question people are asking. The most um, elucidating thing about these polls is if you compare the national polls on impeachment to the state-level polls on impeachment, you see a really interesting dynamic. I saw that today. That is a different look. Yeah, tell us about it. It's a totally different look. So if you go to Wisconsin and Michigan and some of these swing states and you ask people, hey, do you think that the Democrats should be exploring what the president did? A lot of people actually say, yeah, they should. But then if you flip the question over to say, do you think that that all this means that Donald Trump should be impeached and removed from office? Then you get a majority saying no, not just a majority, but a strong majority of people, which means the Democrats have to be very careful here, which is, you know, maybe something that hasn't been covered too much because there's been so much you know, frenzy around this. The, the, the harder the Democrats lean into impeachment, the more challenging it might make it for the Democratic nominee to win in swing states that they need to win to win the presidency because people are just like, you know what? You want to spend some time looking at Donald Trump, fine. But we want you to spend more time thinking about jobs and the economy and health care and the issues that matter to us, not worrying about Donald Trump. And that dynamic, I think, is super interesting to see in the states where this election is going to be decided. Boy, I want to slap myself for missing the obvious. It's just like the popular vote. The sentiment to impeach and remove is west of I-5 and east of I-95. It's the coastal blue places. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, with, as with any national poll, you end up with a, a little bit of skewing going on because that's where the population centers are. And sure. obviously, if you go to New York or L.A. or San Francisco, people say, yeah, yeah, heck yeah, impeach the guy. But if you go to Grand Rapids or you go to Fort Wayne or other parts of the country, people are just like, you know what? No, I, you know, it's, you can feel free to, to get the facts out there, but also spend time. Uh, addressing the issues that we care about. So this is the challenging dynamic that Democrats face. And then how heated is the rhetoric going to get as this presidential primary goes forward? Are these guys going to try and one-up each other? And is that going to compromise them for whoever gets to the general election? I think I got this right in my mind. You went to Harvard Law School, didn't you? I did. And were you there? I I appreciate the guilt in your voice. (laughs) Were you there when Elizabeth Warren was the person that decided who got in and who didn't and all that? Well, she was a um, a member of the law faculty. She taught a very popular course on bankruptcy law when I was there, but but I don't I don't um, I don't know what her role was in terms of people getting in and not getting in. But but she was actually a pretty popular professor, as you might imagine, with the with the uh, left wing uh, student set there. Yeah, but I don't know. Ben, um, you've been following David French uh, with the Dispatch now, and he was at Harvard Law School, and she was there also, and. He said that, that it's going to be even a bigger story if she ends up being the nominee, that whole person of color, color Harvard Law sham thing that happened. Right, right. So there was this whole controversy around her basically emphasizing her, her uh, I, maybe I'll say, quote, Native American heritage uh, when she applied for a, for a, a teaching job at Harvard. And, you know, th- th- there was sort of, a lot of attention paid to that maybe very early on in her campaign, but that's kind of gone away. And the question is, when does it come back? When she's uh, the nominee. That well, and the whole... I, I got, assured, Donald, Donald Trump will bring it back, that's for sure. Yeah, and then, then the whole, I lost my teaching job because I was visibly pregnant, which turns out to be phony, and the whole, I was the first person to ever uh, pass the bar while I was breastfeeding, which turns out to be phony. Those are all going to be big <laughs> stories if she's the nominee. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, and and it becomes a meme after a while, right? It becomes right. an actual sort of. Right. She 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 seems to be stretching elements of of her personal story for personal gain in a way that uh, you know pe- people will say, hmm, well that's interesting. And of course, the interesting thing when it comes to the general, if she's the candidate, is you've got to juxtapose that against Trump, who right. has oh, yeah. a somewhat right. uneasy relationship oh, yeah. with facts. But oh, yeah. uh, so, Lon, he, I find myself wondering. Uh, I, Joe Getty, am in, in the 99th percentile of uh, Neanderthal DNA, um, <laughs> according to my DNA test. Can you get me into Stanford on that that basis? I'm, there is a program for you, too. <laughs> I mean, and if the uh, biology department wants to take tissue samples and stuff like that, that'd be fine. I'll help. We have we, we, we have very strict requirements around human subject sampling, but rest assured, we can get you through. His, pod, his podcast is Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, and we love having him on. I ran out of time. I wanted to talk about how this political article about how the timing lines up where you got a bunch of senators running for president who are going to have to be in D.C. all day, every day for at least a month, right in January, in the midst of the caucuses, which could be a problem. Yeah, it's yeah. going to get in the way of, of all these guys. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about that next time, maybe. Uh, Lon He Chen of uh, Stanford University, the Hoover Institution. Always great. Thanks, Lon He. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, yeah, the plot thickens. I, I, the pregame show is over. They're about to kick off the ball. Did I go to Harvard? No, I didn't go to law school. I went to Princeton. To pick up a pizza. Then yeah. I went back to my uncle's house. Anyway, that, yeah, those, those, it changed my life. Those three whoppers she told will become a bigger deal if she's the nominee. And I'm sure there are more. Oh, yeah, clearly. Please. Clearly there would be.